0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to MLB.com Extras. I'm Danny Wexelman with Adam Barry, who covers the Pirates for MLB.com. Adam... You are getting some rain and ice and sleet and all the weathery things right now in Pittsburgh?
1: Yeah, we're getting a lot of cold and bad (laughs) things that come along with cold, so it's not not baseball.
0: That's not baseball, Adam.
1: I know. It feels like the off-season now. I'm cold. It's gray. The sun sets at like 445. (laughs) It's awesome.
0: All right. Okay. Well, we're going to talk about some baseball things and hope that maybe it sends that bad weather away. Um, Jung Ho Gong. Adam, we talked about him right before you went on vacation, uh, and we knew that that he was not going to be brought back. Right, Neil Huntington said uh, maybe we'll we'll get him in a different way, and mm-hmm. they did. They went and re-signed him, um, and so he's got three million plus two and a half million in incentives, and that would get him back to that five and a half million dollar contract. Um, what? What is he going to do for them next season? What is the role that he is going to play to earn this kind of money?
1: Yeah, I would think that it's going to be a backup role to start. I mean, first of all, they have to see what they have in spring training. It's been basically two years since he played on an everyday basis. He's going to be 32 instead of you know, 28 or 29 when they first got him. So he's probably a different player, a different athlete now than he was back then. So they need to see what they have. Uh, but the fact that they guaranteed him $3 million seems to me to indicate that they believe he's going to be on the opening day roster, uh, probably as a backup or a platoon partner for Colin Moran with the opportunity to be more, because I believe those incentives are based on plate appearances. So basically, if he takes on you know that sort of nearly everyday type role, he'll make that money that he would have uh, through the club option that they declined. Uh, So I would expect that they're going to give him every opportunity to be the guy that he was before, you know, to kind of come in, earn a job uh, and take it another step further. Because if he does somehow return to that form and stay out of trouble off the field, he's going to be kind of a bargain, a guy who could hit 20, 25 home runs that they really need from that corner spot. So. It's a risk for sure, just given the uncertainty. But at that price, it makes a little more sense to, to be kind of a reasonable risk that they could afford if it doesn't work out.
0: And Adam Neil Huntington seems to be pretty high on this guy. He he was quoted as saying, "If Gong plays the way Gong's capable, he has an everyday opportunity here." So they're looking to get the most out of this guy. It's just it's kind of an interesting situation to me, knowing what he he did and why he wasn't playing, um, to now bring him back. I I guess they see, they see something in him that maybe, uh, we, we humans can't see.
1: (laughs) Right. And there is still going to be controversy around the deal because what he did was awful. I mean, three DUIs, you're putting people's lives at risk. Uh, but you know, they believe in second chances. They did not know about the other DUIs prior to, uh, the third one that happened when he was un- under contract in one of their players, there was just a whole lot of uh, you know stuff going on there. He couldn't get a work visa. He had to you know apply through the Dominican Republic to get a work yeah. visa, which worked Ugh. out. It's a really complicated situation. There's still the sexual assault charge or not charge, but uh, investigation for which right. he was never charged in Chicago that hasn't been resolved uh, since 2016. It doesn't look like it ever will be resolved. So there's still a lot of controversy i guess around this guy the pirates believe in second chances you know he's done everything that he was supposed to as far as going through the league program and the MLBPA program so basically right. that's that's kind of it it's you know stay out of trouble off the field you know prove to be a good citizen and then they're going to give him a chance on the field but you would think at this point that they can't afford any more missteps uh, with him no matter what and the salary is so minimal that if something does go wrong, or he doesn't look like the guy that they thought he was going to be, then you just can move on and go somewhere else. And they have the infield depth to to potentially handle that. They just don't have quite that high upside infield depth that Gong kind of represents.
0: Okay. All right. All right. So we'll keep. We'll see what what he's he's going to be capable of this season. Next thing, Adam. We're switching gears a little bit. Uh, three new acquisitions for the Pirates, they ended up sending Jordan Luplo and Max Moroff to Cleveland in exchange for some new names, some maybe unfamiliar names um, that fans may want to get to know. Eric Gonzalez, Tanaj, Thomas, and Dante Mendoza. Um, so a couple of names you may not be completely familiar with, um, but Gonzalez could be a part of the Pirates' opening day roster. Uh you know what about the rest? What about these other two guys? Where do they fit in? And, and who are these guys?
1: Yeah, the prospects are kind of lottery tickets. They're both nineteen. They both played in the rookie level Arizona League last year, so complex ball basically. These are guys who joined professional ball in two thousand seventeen. They don't have a lot of you know track record. They're basically just betting on the upside. I've heard good things about Thomas. Uh, that he is you know a, a high ceiling guy. Obviously, there's not a lot of proven talent there just because he's so new to the game. He's a converted infielder. There's kind of a lot going on there that they don't know about, but he's the kind of guy you want as a young pitcher in your system, somebody who has the the tools and the talent to turn into, you know, maybe a a high-end starter, a high-end reliever, uh, as he progresses through the system. Uh, But those are, you know, four or five years off, basically, those guys as they're coming into the system. The the one who's going to make an impact immediately should be Gonzalez who's a really good uh, defender in the infield, can play just about anywhere, including shortstop and second base, where obviously the Pirates have some vacancies with Jordy Mercer and Josh Harrison, now free agents. We, we don't really know how he fits into the picture right now, and Neil Huntington hasn't quite explained it as of this recording, because uh, he hasn't hit like an everyday player. You know He has some traits that indicate maybe he can be an everyday guy. He's a high exit velocity guy, but he hits the ball on the ground too much. So he could be maybe a backup for Kevin Newman at shortstop or Adam Frazier at second base. Maybe he proves worthy of a, you know, a quasi everyday role that moves Newman to second or Frazier to right. But right now that's unclear. What is clear is they went out and they got infield depth and it essentially cost them outfield depth with Jordan Luplo to bring that in along with these two kind of high upside prospects.
0: Okay. All right. So we'll, we'll get to know them and and see what they can bring to the table. Especially if Gonzalez is going to be a part of that opening day roster. Uh, people are going to learn his name really mm-hmm. quickly. A name that fans already know, Jamison Tyone. Uh, he he had a quiet a quiet season, um, Adam, but but a really good one. He went fourteen and ten. His strongest campaign in his in his three years of major league service. He threw two complete games and one shutout. But what I really liked about his numbers, Adam, is that. Last season or two seasons ago, he gave up, um, I think it was 69, uh, runs and 40 something walks, something like that. And Mm -hmm. he did, he did the same amount He gave up the same amount of runs and walks this year, but he had 24 starts and he only had 15 starts two years ago. So I botched the numbers, but the point is, is that's really impressive to do. He had more starts this year and he still only allowed that, that same amount of runs and walks, um, He's he's a guy to watch, and I think that he's going to be he should be at the top of everyone's list for next year.
1: Yeah, I I thought it was interesting, kind of playing off of the Cy Young award going out uh, last night on Wednesday night. I actually heard from a lot of voters who considered him as kind of a down ballot guy. Obviously, he wasn't going to be one of the top three. Yeah, it was Degromshers or Nola, and then Freeland and Corbin wound up kind of solidifying themselves as four or five. That was actually my ballot, and the way that the results turned out. Um, but I heard from a lot of other guys and a lot of other voters, and even myself, he was on the list of you know top 10 or 15 guys, starters, that I considered for the award. He didn't get my vote. He didn't get any votes. But I would not be surprised if this time next year he's getting a little more serious consideration just based on the way that he finished the year. It was three earned runs or fewer in each of his last 22 starts a streak that I think only Jacob deGrom surpassed on the year— Overall, it was a 3.2 ERA, about 180 strikeouts and 190 innings. And during that stretch at the end of the year, which kind of came after he got a feel for a, a slider that he developed on the fly in May, he put up a 2.7 ERA, uh, and that's with some indicators that would you know show that he wasn't it wasn't luck. It was a, a batting average on balls in play around 300, which is league average. So that shows that he had no additional help from his defense. And no real luck on his side, so right. you give this guy a more reliable infield, which they're working on with additions like Eric Gonzalez and maybe a new shortstop and a couple of good bounces, and we're talking about a legitimate ace in the National League. So uh, I completely agree. The fact that he got back to a little more who he was in 2016 when he made his debut, debut with low walks, uh, you know, not giving up uh, as many runs per start, you know, try- basically a quality start streak. And then you add the high fastball that he developed uh, this season, which is kind of a trend the way the game is going, and the slider that he developed, I think you're looking at a legitimate top of the rotation arm. You know, the stuff's there, we all know about the work ethic and the motivation and everything he's overcome, uh, and the way that he thinks about the game and works on improving is just so impressive. So it seems to me like he's the kind of guy you want to bet on uh, heading into next year. And I think he's definitely, you know, the Pirates are definitely betting on him to to lead kind of this young rotation along with Chris Archer, going forward.
0: Yeah, it's been pretty cool to see his progression um, as a starter and just what he's been able to do. And and now, you know, going into a season where I think it's safe to say he probably has some veteran leadership at this point, even though it'll be his fourth yeah. major league season. Um, I think that he's he's got that down, and him and Archer, like you said, uh, could, be a, could be a nice one-two punch uh, there to compete in the NL Central, Adam. So, um, you know... Excited for Jamison Tyo and see what that guy can do. For sure. So that,
1: yeah, go ahead. Kind of, he's the kind of guy, too, you mentioned it, like being a veteran leader. You wouldn't think of it at that age. But he's been in the organization just about as long as anybody now. Yeah, and yeah. He's been through so much. He earned so much respect with just the way that he carries himself that that is a guy that absolutely you look to as kind of the heartbeat of the team heading into next season.
0: Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think it's pretty cool too when the, when you're a younger guy, but you know you carry yourself in a way that you've earned uh, the quote unquote title as a, as a veteran, um, and he'll just continue to to earn um, the respect of his teammates, and you know hopefully lead this team to where where they think that they can go. Um, and we've talked about this before. I mean, the NL Central is just getting tougher and tougher as um, every team seems to continue to bolster their rosters is stronger and stronger every year. So, mm-hmm. you know that, yeah, I, I, I'm high on Jamison Tyone. I, I'm excited to see what he can do and, you know, get that, get his name in the conversation for Cy Young. I don't think that's crazy to talk about at all. Um, so we'll see what this year can hold for a guy like that. Last thing, Adam, uh, the, the rule five draft or not draft, but the rule five eligible prospects, mm-hmm. um, by November 20th, teams need to you know, basically save who they want to save from the draft um, that happens at the winter meetings. Mm-hmm. And so they've got to fill their 40-man. Are there a few guys who you think could end up on the 40-man and get saved by this, uh, this Rule 5?
1: Yeah, the Pirates did some of that work in September when they added Kevin Newman and Kevin Kramer and Pablo Reyes. They would have been eligible... Uh, you know, by this deadline on Tuesday. But the Pirates knocked that out during the season, gave them a look in the majors. There are still some prospects definitely to keep an eye on. Uh, this year, you're looking at uh, guys who signed uh, at 18, you know, it would be the 2014 high school international class or the 2015 college class. So the big names that come to mind there are Mitch Keller, their top prospect, who could make his MLB debut next season, and Cole Tucker, who is probably going to start the year at AAA, A. And is currently killing it in the Arizona Fall League, yeah, as we talked is. about. Uh, but then those are the kind of the obvious slam dunk. You definitely add those guys. But then they have, I believe, three open spots on the 40 man now, which was part of the trade, too, that they opened up a, a spot for this deadline, essentially. Uh, so then you have Jason Martin, an outfielder uh, who was Rule 5 eligible last year, but now he's in Triple A after dominating Double A. He was in one of the pieces in the Garrett Cole trade. I would expect them to add him just because they don't have a ton of outfield depth. I would also expect them to add uh, JT Brubaker, a right-hander who was their minor league pitcher of the year. I pitched well in AAA. Uh, you know, he's part of their starting depth, maybe bullpen depth. Seems like the kind of guy you want to hold on to. The fringiest one for me, who I think they could add, is left-hander Brandon Waddell. Uh, you know, he was a command and control guy drafted out of college in 2015, but they don't have a ton of left handed depth, as we talked about, I think, last week. So it might make sense to add him. You don't want to get too overactive in adding these guys, because then, you know, you might wind up designating them for assignment to make room for somebody else that you add later in the offseason. And then right. you're giving teams an even better chance to claim them on waivers where they don't have to follow all those complicated Rule Five draft guidelines where they have to stay on the roster all season. So it's kind of a, you know, more art than science in terms of adding these guys, but those are definitely the names to look out for uh, heading into Tuesday's deadline. That's
0: right. It gets tricky. Uh, this is the business side of it uh, that that we really get to see in the off season. So we'll, uh, we'll find out soon enough uh, when that Rule Five draft does come around, uh, where some guys will be heading. And and there's always you know there's always one guy I think that stands out in every every year that this happens um, who's protected and ends up kind of making a difference. So right. who knows? It could be one of those guys, Adam.
1: Could be. I would not be surprised to see actually all of the guys that I mentioned in the majors by next year. Cole Tucker maybe September, yeah. but Mitch Keller in the summer, JT Brubaker maybe in the summer, uh, Jason Martin if they need an extra outfielder and he hits well in AAA. So these guys are not far off. Unlike last year when they added some guys in A ball, these are names that you could be seeing in the big leagues soon.
0: Hey, I like that. That's exciting. Yeah, it's that's a, exciting. It's yes all right adam i have an update for you when we started this podcast i had white skies and no snow and now i have baby flakes falling from the sky so oh, you have sleet and hail and all those things and I've, I've got some snow coming here in new york so
1: winter is here
0: winter is here it is officially upon us and as always i love getting to chat with you and i love hearing what you have to say about this team
1: mm-hmm. good talking to you
0: all right with adam barry i'm danny wexelman thank you guys so much for tuning in